Welcome, everybody, to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ. This is Season 3, Episode number 14. And I've got a very interesting topic for y'all today. Um, I, I try to make this podcast very informative to where you can learn a lot of different things. And whether it's original content or whether it's something that I find on the Internet, and I actually found a... Uh, an article, I think it was about a couple weeks ago, on basketballforcoaches.com. It was basketballforcoaches.com, and it actually talked about why parents must stop coaching from the sidelines. And I actually uh, read the article, I read through the article, article, and I posted it to my Facebook fan page, and I got some parents that, you know, that liked it and, and thought it was a good article. And I got to thinking, I said, you know what, that that may be a good a good article to talk about today. So I am going to actually discuss this. Why parents must stop coaching from the sideline. Now, uh, I do have parents and players that listen to this. And I, I think that it will be a good topic to discuss and to share my insight on it. Um, coaches, you know, I, I really think that you probably want to Read this article, and the link to the article will be uh, on my blog and also uh, in the description. So, you know, I think this would be good for you to go and read if you haven't read. I know that uh, his Twitter account, the coach's Twitter account, has, I think, like 30,000 followers. So, you know, you might have already heard it, but I wanted to give my little thoughts on it. And, um, and just kind of discuss it, and I'm going to add some things also to it uh, at the end. But uh, before we get into that, first I want to say I apologize. This is getting released on a Tuesday. Um, things happen, life happens. Didn't get a chance to release it yesterday, but it is, you know, of course it's being released today. Um, it's a day late, but hey, better late than never. Um, and also a reminder: my book will be released. Hopefully at the end of the year, it's actually been edited right now with my editor. Uh, they've already sent me some feedback, so that is something I will be working on. So uh, just to make sure that you are in the know about that, make sure you follow me on all social media, and uh, you'll be you'll be up to date on when that book will be released. So let's get right into it. I'm going to try not to make this very long today. Why parents must stop coaching from the sidelines and what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through here and everything that I'm talking about today uh, was posted to the website. So I'm going to tell you what's original, uh, what are my thoughts, and then I'm going to tell you what actually comes from the article itself. So in the beginning, uh, it talks about he um, gave two tips and the first tip was understand and respect your role. So if you actually think about it, uh, in this article, the coach talked about there's four main roles when you go to a basketball game. You're either a player, you're a coach, you're a referee, or you're a spectator. And the player can't be the coach. The coach can't be the player. The coach can't be the referee. The referee can't be the player. And the spectators can't be the players, the coach, or the referee. And if you think about that, uh, sometimes the, the players try to be the coach or they try to be the ref, but a lot of times the spectators are trying to be the player, the coach, and the referee. <laughs> They're trying to be all three of them instead of just 
being a spectator uh, at the game. So, you know, if you're a spectator, if you're a parent, you're a your mom, dad, brother, sister, cousin, family member, you're supposed to come and enjoy the basketball game. It's supposed to be entertaining. And don't get me wrong, you have different levels of abilities. You have some really good coaches. You have some not, not so good coaches. You have some really good referees that know how to call the game, and you have some that's not so good. So I understand that. Uh, but you but you really want to make sure that when you go to a game that you understand your role and what your role is. So I've been to several summer games, and parents are just acting a plum fool. I mean, I, I, I see it. We all have been there. We all have done that before. I was watching an episode of The Shop with uh, LeBron James and Maverick Carter. that used to be on Uninterrupted. It's now on HBO. And LeBron talked about that. He said he remember when he played AAU, how his mom would be all animated and into it and arguing with people and fussing at the referees. And he used to tell his mom to calm down. He said, but now that he's a dad and his kids are playing AAU, 13U and 10U, he said he finds himself doing the same thing. So it's very easy to get caught up in that. But you have to understand your role. So you want to make sure that your role is to enjoy the game, not to coach it from the sidelines, not to tell the referees how bad of a job they're doing, not to try to tell your player, your son, your nephew, your cousin, your friend, the kid that you're training what they need to be doing. It's just to enjoy the game, okay, to enjoy the game. Um, the second tip, your coaching and playing experience is irrelevant, man. I agree with this coach. I really, really agree with this. Uh, your coaching and playing experience is, is irrelevant. I've always said just because you play basketball doesn't mean that you know how to coach basketball. Um, but you see it all the time. You see, uh, players, former players or coaches, they get to the game and they're coaching. And now I want to say this. There are some coaches that won't coach out loud. They won't scream to the players, but they're in the stands and they're coaching to the other parents. Well, this is what he needs to be doing. This is what you should be doing. And this player should do this. And he needs to run this offense. I think that's just as bad because you're still poisoning uh, giving out poisoning information. And what I mean by that is what you're saying may be correct, but I think it's always about delivery and what it is that you're trying to accomplish. So if you're just saying different things in a negative sense to make the coach look bad or to make it look like the coach doesn't know what he's talking about, then I think your intent or your intention is terrible. And and that's not good because now you're going to have parents that's, you know, and, that's in the stands and it's going to start thinking, well, this coach don't know what he's talking about. And we got this coach over here that's coached for 15, 20 years. He should be coaching or he coached college. Um, so you have to understand your role. Your role is a spectator, be a spectator. Now, uh, on the website uh, where I got this article from, he has a great video. And it's an older video, but it's a great video of Frank Martin, the head coach at University of South Carolina, the men's, the head men's basketball coach. He's talking about how he has a son that plays basketball and the game is over and the coach and his son is coming to him complaining about something. He's like, go talk to your coach. I'm not your coach. And I, I, I you know, I'm like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense because somebody like Frank Martin, you know, the coaches at the University of South Carolina, 
a lot of experience. He probably could take that team and coach them. Uh, but he's like, that's not my role. It's not what I'm here for. I'm your dad. Let me be dad. If you have an issue, you go talk to your coach. Um, and I do think that there are times when a parent can go and and with the kid and, or a player and talk with the coach, but it shouldn't be right after the game. It shouldn't be because little Johnny didn't get nothing but only got one shot when he should have got 15 or 20. It shouldn't be because I'm mad because my son only played five minutes when I think he should have played the whole game. Um, but, you know, there's boundaries that have to be set. But uh, it's a great video. He talks about that. So if you're a coach, if you're a former player, know your role. Go and spectate, watch the game, and don't try to coach from the sidelines. All right, so now, also he gave four, on the website, uh, basketballforcoaches.com forward slash parents coaching sidelines. It's the the web address, and again, that's going to be in the description, and it's going to be on my blog. Uh, Four reasons why parents sideline coaching must stop, okay? Four reasons why parents sideline coaching must stop. All right, number one. Confusing the player with conflicting instructions. This happens all the time. It's not just at the at the 10U, 9U, 8U level. It's all the way up through high school. It's all the way up through college. I've seen parents that are really coaching their kids and they're telling them one thing is complete opposite of what their coach wants them to do. And that's not that's not good. That's not a good look. Okay. Uh perfect is I got an example for you now. Uh, I do like to go to my players' games. I do like to watch them, but I do that to get feedback on how they're performing. So if I'm working with a player on a particular you know, skill or skills, I want to see if those skills are translating over to the game. Are they on the right track? You know, Are they improving? Uh, do we need to take a totally different approach? But at the same time, I have players that I work with, and I tell them, we're going to work on things you may not be able to do, but I don't want you to do anything outside of your role or outside of what your coach allows you to do. But we have some uh, parents that are telling their kids to do things that they shouldn't be doing. Um, they're yelling things or instructing them to do things that, that's conflicting to what their coach has already instructed them to do. And that is that is so hard. You know, so as a kid, think about a kid that's 12, 13 years old. They have this coach that's telling them they want them to do certain things. Then they have a parent that's telling them to do something totally different. Think about, think about the confusion that that kid is going to have. So now he's not going to reach his potential. He's not going to please the coach. And he's not going to please his parent. So we have to stop coaching from the, coaching from the sidelines because uh, this kid don't know who they need to listen to. Uh, you know, who should they make happy? You know, and, and so it's, it's just... Those type of things we got to think about, um, you know, when you're doing that and if it's, you know, if you got one kid, but think about a lot of times if you got 10 players on the team, you know, you got parents, you know, you may have six, seven, eight kids throughout a game on one team that's being told totally, you know, just just different stuff. So it makes it really difficult and, and it could lead to some poor performances for the team. All right. So number two. It steals their decision-making opportunities. Oh my goodness! So, I mean, this this is this is right on this is right on point. Uh, steals their decision-making opportunities. So here's what happens: uh, kid comes down the court. 
and you got parents yelling, and I see this all the time. You got parents yelling all type of stuff. Pass it, pass it. Look up, look up. Shoot it. Take it to the basket. Bring it out. Dribble. Rebound. Throw it. Who got the ball? You know, double team. Just all of these different things. Um, and, you know, it just, to me, it's just, it really, it, it's, it goes back to that parent wanting to take care of your child. I got to protect my kid. I want to make sure they make all the right decisions. I want to hold their hand. But you have to you have to let your kids figure some things out. I was working with a group of kids yesterday, and I was just shouting out instructions at them. Okay, I was giving them actions to do, and they and it was some of the things they never heard of before. So I put two I put one player on each block, put a player up top, and I said, the player at the top of the key that has the basketball, he's going to dribble to the wing, and the player on the on the ball side block is going to set a cross screen. After he sets the cross screen, he's going to go to the top of the key. So, of course, the player on the opposite block will cut across the lane looking for a pass. And one of the players said, well, what's a cross screen? I said, I'm going to let y'all figure it out. Y'all got 20 seconds to kind of discuss it. And then I want you to I want you to, to run that action just to see how they will respond, just to see if they can figure it out, to get them to communicate, to get them to um you know, try to get their mind to thinking instead of me telling them exactly what to do. And this is how you do it. Let's see if you can figure this out on your own. So you come down the court. It's a game. A player comes down the court and he passes it to a player. Uh, but he should have shot it. You know, hey, they got to figure that out or they come down and, sh- and shoot it when they should have passed it. Or they come down the court and they don't get the ball. They run over to get the person that they're guarding, the person that has the basketball dribble through. There are just some things that they have to figure out on their own. Um, so players have to be taught to have some cognitive skills out there on the basketball court. And, and a lot of times that's severely lacking. So um, just sit back, let them make some decisions, you know, um, you know, if a player makes the right play, hey, tell them, good job, great pass, good shot. You know, but I, I think we got to let them make some decisions on their own instead of trying to always have the answer for them. All right. So we're talking about four reasons why parent sideline coaching must stop. Number one, is confusing players with conflicting instructions. Number two, steers their decision-making opportunities. And number three, takes authority and the respect away from the coach. So here's what happens. I'm a coach. I'm coaching, you know, my team, my players. And I have a kid or a couple kids on my team that every time there's a the ball is in play or there's a dead ball, they're looking in the stands at their mom and their dad and they're receiving instruction from their mom or their dad. Hey, handle the ball. Hey, you know, shoot the ball. You're open. Take the ball to the basket. Guard number so-and-so. They can't stop you. You know, so now... All the authority that I have over that particular player is now just being taken away. It's been stripped because that player is now looking at their parent for instruction instead of looking at me for instruction. So uh, to me, that's very that's that's really disrespectful. I've told players before and this is why I tell parents. Well, this is why I tell players all the time. I say, look, you have to learn to figure some things out on your own, whether it's about your shot 
whether it's about trying to you know make a play, whether it is uh, the IQ of the game, whatever it is, you got to better figure things out on your own. I said you have to have a better feel for the game. A lot of players don't develop that feel for the game. And um, and that, to me, goes back to not playing enough on their own, you know, unorganized basketball. Hey, I'm going to get some friends. We're going to go to the park, play three on three, or we're going to go play five on five. They feel like a lot of times kids feel like they have to play in an organized game with referees and uniforms and all that stuff. But I tell them you got to be able to figure some things out on your own uh, because – I'm not going to be at every game. I'm not going to be there to shout out instructions to you. You know, if you're in a big enough arena and your parents, hopefully it's loud enough in there where you can't hear them shout out instructions. So you have to learn to be able to figure things out on your own. So um, I just I just really feel this disrespectful to that coach for me, a parent, a uncle, a guardian, a brother, a sister to shout instructions to them especially if it's conflicting to what the coach says. So we want to keep the we want the coach to um keep that authority and respect. So we want to we want to watch that. So but uh on the on the, in the article it mentioned a few uh, uh you know a few things about what you what you should do. So it said they rather voice their opinion about extra responsibilities, you know, um, you know, hey, like things like arriving 15 minutes before practice to set up, spending several hours each week running practice, taking time to plan out each practice, researching drills and plays, struggling to teach players the team offense, trying to remember substitutions throughout the game. You know, so a coach has a lot of things going on, especially if it's a summer team or a travel team. A lot of times it's just one coach. And they can't do everything. So we have to try to find ways to take some burden or some or some responsibility off these coaches that will help them become even better coaches in the game. OK. All right. So uh, number four, <laughs> this one, <laughs> this one actually kind of made me chuckle a little bit when I first read it uh, because it makes sense. Makes the referees worse. It, it can make the referees worse. Now, you're coaching from the sideline. You're barking instructions. You're fussing at the referees. Uh, I, I'm friends with several referees, and they've tried to convince me to be a ref because I played basketball, played, you know, four years of college. And they were like, TJ, man, you should you should, should be a ref. You know, you can make some decent, you know, you make some some extra money, especially during the summer. And I'm like, man, I can't, I can't deal with these fans. I just... I just don't want to hear uh, people griping and complaining about every call. And, um, you know, it, it can make the ref and work. I've seen that before. I've watched the game. And I now, I, don't get me wrong, I've seen referees. I'm like, man, that dude is terrible. But I've seen coaches be like, man, that dude is terrible. And I've seen players, man, that kid is terrible. You know, I don't say that out loud, but, you know, you're going to have different levels of abilities in a basketball game, you're going to have some really good players. You're going to have some okay players. You're going to have some bad players. You're going to have some really good coaching. You're going to have some bad coaching. You're going to have your really good referees. You're going to have your bad referees. So you're going to get it. You're going to get it. And you're going to have some good parents. You're going to have some bad parents. So you're going to get it. Um, but I don't think that me fussing at a referee about a call 
or a non-call, I've never seen a referee in all the years that I've been around the game of basketball change a call. I've never, and I'm talking about like a foul or a travel. I've never seen a call change. Now, if the ball goes out of bounds, referee points in one direction, another referee come up and they discuss it and they change it. Yes, I understand that. I've seen that. But I've never seen a referee make a call like an M1, a parent in the stands yell at him, say, oh, that wasn't no foul. You're terrible. You're horrible. How you get your referee license? How you get your certification? And that referee go over there, you know what? You're right. I was out of position. That wasn't no foul. Hey, man, take those two points off. Other team's ball going the other way. Never seen it. So I really don't see the point in fussing uh, about it. Now, in an article, it talks about why do you don't want to do this? Uh, because you're, you're making excuses. Because a lot of times I ask, <laughs> I ask uh, players and coaches, you know, they'll tell me about the, they had a terminal the weekend and, well, how'd it go? Man, oh my goodness. First thing they know me to say is, we should have won. Like, really? Every game, you should have won? And then I just wait for this. Okay, well, what happened? Man, the referee was, was just horrible. Terrible. Oh, okay. Hmm. And then it, after that, then it normally goes to the coach didn't do something or the coach should have done something. But now, it, it, if it's the parent that's the coach, then it's always, you know, something. You know, it's never, man, I just, they were better than us. I got our coach. They had a better coach, better team, better organization. Sometimes you just got to chop. You just got to convince that. I actually coached in a minor league uh, years ago. And I felt like I was coaching with one of the best coaches. And I learned a lot from that particular coach. And we got beat one night. We got beat pretty good. And at the end of the game, coach just said, man, they just beat us. They're a better team. They got a better coaching staff. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, coach. He's like, no, they just, you know, hey, they did a better job tonight. And I don't think he particularly meant that they were just better than us as a coaching staff all the time. He's just saying for this particular game, they did better than we did. Just like if you're a player, there are games where you're going to play really well. There are going to be games that you play bad. You tip your hat to your opponent, say, you got me tonight, but I'm going to come back. I'm going to be, I'm going to be more prepared. I'm going to be, I'm going to be ready, and I'm going to do an uh, even better job on the next time. Okay. So uh, let me go over that real quick. Four reasons why parents side, uh, sideline coaching must stop. Number one, confusing players with conflicting instructions. Two, steals their decision-making opportunities three takes authority and respect away from the coach and number four makes refereeing worse now here's an added i got two added bonuses and i'm gonna wrap this thing up here um added bonus don't coach your kid during skills training or practice now the skills training this is something that i'm adding this this these added bonuses are mine that i'm adding to this um it it just drives me crazy when I'm instructing a kid and then I hear the parent trying to give them instruction to. And I'm like, why, why pay me to do something if you want to do it on your own? So if you want to do it on your own, don't schedule the session. You know, if you I I don't I don't like parents to when I turn my back, they're trying to tell them what to do. I don't need you to tell them what to do. You see what I'm saying? Or any skills coach. 
if you go to a training session and you don't like what that particular coach is telling your kid, then you should just grin and bear it for that one session and then don't come back. But you can't give out instruction while your kid is getting instruction. It's conflicting. It doesn't work. Um, you're hurting that kid more than ever. And I, I can tell you, I can tell pretty quick the type of kid I'm working with. So if mom or dad is sitting down and the kid is doing stuff and every time they do something, they look over at their mom or their dad. I know them to call them out and say, why do you keep looking over there? I need you focused right here on me. So uh, you got to quit doing that, too. That's that's as equally important as it is not coaching uh, from the sidelines during the game. And also another added bonus, parents, do not badmouth other players or coaches from the sidelines. And when I say badmouth, now don't get me wrong, you have what my wife calls table talk, where you can be at kitchen table talk. Um, you can be at home sitting around and you can say certain things that you wouldn't say out in public. Or you know how sometimes you may be at a meeting and you may lean to the person beside you and whisper something, but you dare you wouldn't dare say it out loud. Well, I'm talking about those instances where you say it out loud. Um, you know, you want to make sure that you are not bad mouthing other players or the coaches because that can lead to a cancer. They, they can develop a cancer within that team. Resentment between parents. And then when parents get mad at each other, you got an issue. So now two parents um, are mad at each other and they're both telling their kids, this is what you should do and shouldn't do. Um, the other kid is looking you off. They're not trying to pass you the ball. Every time you shoot, you notice how they come down and shoot. And the kids are not noticing this. It's just the parents. And then next thing you know, you got two kids that were actually friends no longer liking each other because of the parents. So we got to quit bad-mouthing players and coaches in front of the kids. Um, if you don't like a particular kid, there's nothing wrong with talking about that kid up and down in a private setting with your spouse, with your significant other, with your husband, with your, with your uh, girlfriend, your wife, your mama, your daddy, whoever, as long as your kid is not around. But when your kid comes around, you don't need to say those type of things. It just plant bad seeds that can lead to uh, a very dangerous situation down the road. So that's something you want to try to avoid. OK, so real quick, I got three more things to talk about what parents should do. What should you do uh, when you're on the sidelines doing the game? Um, and the coach also on the on this particular article, they talk about. You know, you should support the new coaches and, um, you know, they talk about how, you know, you should give encouragement, which I also agree with. And I put that down on here. Uh, but let me get into the three things I think that you should do. Number one, you should trust the coach. If you put a player on the team, apparently you trust the coach. You have to trust the coach. Um, you want to try to find some type of way or something you want your kid to take away from that team. So you have to trust the coach. So you have to trust that the coach is going to make the best substitutions that he can make or he or she can make. You have to trust the coach that the, that they're going to give your kid the best instruction that they can give them. You have to trust the coach and believe that they're going to give your kid the best experience that they can give. 
And you have to understand if it's a new coach, there's going to be some bumpy down, bumpy roads. It's going to be some up and downs. They're going to do things and they're going to be like, you know what? I can't do that. I can't do what I did last game. I got to do something different this game. Or I'm at practice. Man, this is this ain't flowing. Well, I got to come up with a new way to construct my practice. But you got to give them some time and you got to give you got to trust them that they will figure it out. And there's nothing wrong with giving advice. OK, if it's wanted. OK, um, so you have to understand the person that's coaching and you have to understand your approach, but you have to trust the coach. That's that's the big thing. You got to trust the coach. Number two, give encouragement instead of barking out instructions, give encouragement. Uh, you know, tell players, good job. Tell them good job for hustling, um, you know. So actually, it's two and three. Two and three really goes together. Uh, because number three is cheer for effort. Uh, effort and encouragement should be should be you know highly up on the priority list. Um, you know when players are hustling, uh, when when players are are playing as hard as they can play, when they're giving every ounce of energy and every ounce of effort to try to help their team win, then that is what is really really important, especially at the younger levels. Um, but if you're a pain on the sideline, you know, give encouragement, you know, cheer for effort, make sure the kids are having fun. And I think if you, if parents do that, that takes a lot of pressure off the player. It takes a lot of pressure off of the coach. And also, even though y'all hate to admit it, parents, it takes a lot of pressure off the referees, you know, because what happens is if we're fussing with a referee, they get tired of hearing it. And they can figure out pretty quickly who's your son or daughter. And then when if that's your son or daughter, you're not making it any easier for them. You're going to actually make it tougher. So uh, that's what I have. Um, and everybody that's been listening, I appreciate everybody. Um, I want y'all to continue to share this. Let people know about the podcast. The podcast is available on uh, Anchor. If you have the Anchor app or you want to check it out on the website, anchor.fm slash SDP podcast, um, it's available on Apple Podcasts. If you if you subscribe, please subscribe, 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 subscribe. Uh, also, give me a five star rating and a review. and Let me know what you think about the show. It's on uh, Google Podcasts and it's also on Stitcher and it's on some other uh, podcast media outlets. Uh, follow me on social media on Twitter and Instagram is at NBNBball. On YouTube, check me out on my YouTube page. It's nothing but net B-Ball. And remember, I, I started a new SDP podcast, many episodes, many M-I-N-I episodes that I will be releasing every Thursday. So um, it, it's just a shortened version of the podcast. It may be anywhere between five to ten minutes. Um and I may take something from today's podcast and really just talk about it for about five, six, seven minutes or so. And, and you know, and that's going to be that. That's what those that podcast is for. Uh, so check me out on the website, nbnbball.com. If you need anything, shoot me an email, TJ at nbnbball.com. And again, my book will be released uh, at the end of the year. I'm hoping, 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 hoping that it released at the end of the year. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, it's at the editor right now. Uh, so if you need anything, uh, be sure to let me know. Reach out to me. Um, 
Oh, also on LinkedIn, Coach TJ Jones on LinkedIn and Coach TJ Jones on Snapchat. I don't do a whole lot of Snapchat, but I just throw that out there. So just let me know if you have anything, if you have any questions, uh, you have any concerns, you need some help with something. I'm more than, we- more than willing to help, whether you're a player, whether you're a parent or a coach, reach out to me. And if for some reason I don't know the answer or if I can't help you, I will lead you in the right direction. So until next week, I appreciate y'all. Thank you and God bless.